Chapter 13 of The Outdoor Girls at Rainbow Lake. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 13 Crackers and Olives. Betty grasped the situation and acted quickly, as she always did in an emergency. Are you sure, Grace? she asked. She could speak without fear of the men in the racing boat overhearing her, for they had thrown out their clutch, a moment later letting it slip into reverse, and the churning propeller and the throb of the motor made it impossible for them to hear what was said aboard the gem. Are you sure, Grace? repeated Betty. Well, almost. Well, almost. Of course, I only had a glimpse of them, but I had good cause to remember them. Don't say anything now, then, suggested Betty. We will wait and see what they say. Later, we might be able to make sure. All right, Grace agreed, looking intently at the two young men. They seemed nice enough and were smiling in a pleasant, frank manner at the outdoor girls and Aunt Kate. The two boats were now slowly drifting side by side on Rainbow Lake, and the motors had both stilled. I beg your pardon, said the darker complexioned of the two men. My name is Stone, and this is my friend Mr Kennedy. We are on the regatta committee, and we would like to get as many entries for the water pageant as we can. Is your boat entered yet? He gazed from one girl to another, as though to ascertain who was in command of the newly arrived craft, which seemed to have attracted considerable attention, for a number of the other boats were centering about her. We have just arrived, spoke Betty in her capacity as captain. We are cruising about, and we haven't heard of any regatta or pageant, except a rumour that one was to be held sometime this summer. Well, it's only been in process of arrangement for about a week, explained Mr Stone. It will be the first of its kind to be held on the lake, and we want to be a success. Nearly all of the campers and summer cottages who have motorboats have agreed to enter the parade, and also in the races. We'd like to enter you in both. You have different classes, handicapped, according to speed, and your craft looks as though it could go some. It can, Betty admitted, while Grace was intently studying the faces of the two young men. The more she looked at them, the more convinced she was that they were the ones who had been in the auto. We saw you arrive, said Mr Kennedy, who, Molly said afterwards, had a pleasant voice, and we hurried over to get you down on the list the first thing. Don't disappoint us. Say you'll enter, urged Mr Stone. You don't know us, of course, but I have taken the liberty of introducing myself. If you are acquainted with any of the cottages on the lake shore or on Triangle Island, you can ask them about us. Oh, we are very glad you invited us, replied Betty quickly. She did not want the young man to think that she had resented anything. Besides, if what Grace thought about them was so they would want a chance to inquire about the young men more closely than the young men themselves would care to be looked after. For Betty recalled what Grace had said, that her father had a faint idea that perhaps the motorists might have acted as they did purposely to get possession of the papers. Then you'll enter, asked Mr Kennedy. We can't be sure, spoke Betty, who seemed to be doing all the talking. Our plans are uncertain. We have no very definite ones, though. We intend merely to cruise about and perhaps camp on one of the islands for a few days. But if we find we can, we will at least take part in the water pageant. That is, in the parade with the other boats. And we'd like you to be in the races, suggested Mr Kennedy. Your boat has very fine lines. What horsepower have you? It is rated 20, 
answered Betty promptly, proud that she had the knowledge at her tongue's end. But it develops nearer twenty-five. Then you'll go in class B, said Mr Stone. I will enter you, tentatively at least, for that race. And if you find you can't compete, no harm will be done. There are some very handsome prizes. Oh, do enter, Bet explained Molly in a whisper, for she was fond of sports of all kinds. It'll be such jolly fun. Betty looked at her aunt. Racing had not entered into their plans when they talked them over with the folks at home. I think you might. They seem very nice, and we can easily find out if the other girls are to race, said Aunt Kate in a low voice. You may enter my boat then, said Betty graciously. Thank you, exclaimed Mr Stone. The gem goes in, and her captain's name... Miss Nelson, of, again he paused suggestively, pencil poised, of Deepdale. Oh yes, I have been there. I'm sure you will not regret having decided to enter the regatta. Now, if you would like to tie up for the night, there are several good public dots near here. That one over there, he pointed, is used by very few other boats, and perhaps you would like it. Plenty of room, you know. Thank you, said Betty. We shall go over there. I will send you a formal entry blank tomorrow, said Mr Stone, as his companions started the motor, and a moment later they were rushing off in a smother of foam thrown up by the powerful racing craft. Well, what do you think of that? gasped Molly when they had gone. No sooner do we arrive than we are plunged into the mists of, uh, the mists of, uh, what is it I want to say? She laughed and looked about for assistance. Better give it up, said Amy. But what Grace says surprised me about those two young men. Well, of course, I can't be sure, said Grace, as all eyes were turned to her in her direction. But the more I look at those two, the more I really think they are the ones. I wonder if there is some way I can make sure. Yes, said practical Betty, there is. That is why I decided to enter the gem in the regatta. It'll give us a chance to do a little quiet investigating. But how? inquired Grace, puzzled. Well, if we make some inquiries and find out that they are all right to talk to, and they may be in spite of all the mean way that they acted towards you, why then we can question them and gradually lead the talk around to autos and racing and storms and all of that. They'll probably let out something about having been caught in a storm once and seeing a horse run away. Then we'll be sure that they are the same ones. And, well, I don't know what would be the best thing to do then, Grace. Grace had better notify her father or brother if she finds out these are the men, suggested Aunt Kate. They would be the best ones to act after that. Surely, agreed Grace. That's what I'll do. And now let's go over to the dock and see about supper. I'm as hungry as a starved kitten. And with all the candy she's eaten since lunch, exclaimed Molly. I didn't eat much at all, came promptly from Grace. Did I, Amy? I wasn't watching. Anyhow, I'm hungry too. I fancy we all are, spoke Betty. Well, we will soon be there. And she started the motor and swung the prow of the gem over towards the dock. There were one or two small open motor boats tied up there, but they were not manned. The girls made sure of their cable fastenings and soon the appetizing odour of cooking came from the small galley. The girls donned long aprons over their sailor costumes and ate out on the open deck for it was rather close in the cabin. It is as sultry as though there were going to be a storm, remarked Betty, looking up at the sky, which was taking on the tints of evening. I'm glad we're not going to be out on the lake tonight. 
Aren't we ever going to do any night cruising? asked Molly, who was a bit venturous some, at times. Oh, of course. Why, the main water pageant takes place at night, one of those young men said, and we'll be in that. Only I'm just as glad we're tied up tonight, spoke Betty. Near where they had docked was a little colony of summer cottages, and not far off was an amusement resort, including a moving picture show. Let's go, girls, proposed Grace after summer. We don't want to sit around all evening doing nothing. The boat will be safe, won't it, Betty? Don't say it. My boat is a lady. Speak of her as such, laughed the little captain. Yes, I think it'll be safe. But I will see if there is a dock watchman, and if there is, I'll engage him. There proved to be one who, for a small fee, would see that no unauthorised persons entered the gem. Then the girls, attiring themselves in their shortogs, as Betty expressed it, went to see the moving pictures. What will we do tomorrow? asked Grace, as they came out, having had two hours of enjoyment. I was thinking of a little picnic ashore, answered Betty. There are some lovely places on the banks of the lake, to say nothing of the several small islands. We can cruise around a bit and then go ashore with our lunch. Or, if any of you have any other plans, don't hesitate to mention it. I want you girls to have a good time. As if we weren't having it, little captain, cried Molly with an impulsive embrace. The picnic, by all means, and please let's take plenty of crackers and olives. Talk about me eating candy, mocked Grace. You're as bad on olives. Well, they're not so bad for one as candy. I don't know about that. Oh, don't argue, begged quiet little Amy. Let's talk about the picnic. It was arranged that they should have an informal one, and the next morning, after an uneventful night, save that Grace awakened them all by declaring someone was coming aboard when it proved to be only a frightened dog, the next morning they started off again, leaving word with the dock watchman, who did boat repairing, that they would be back late that afternoon. They made some inquiries and decided to go ashore on Eel Island, so named from its long narrow shape. There was a small dock there, which made it easy for the gem to land her passengers, since she drew a little too much water to get right up on shore. The girls cruised about Rainbow Lake, being saluted many times by other craft, the occupants of which seemed to admire Betty's fine boat. In turn, she answered with the regulation three blasts of the air whistle. At several private docks, the property of wealthy cottages, could be seen signs of preparation for the coming water carnival. The boathouses were being decorated and in, and in some cases elaborate schemes of ornamentation were underway for the boats themselves. It looks as though it would be nice, remarked Molly. Yes, I think we shall enjoy it, agreed Betty. They stopped at one cottage occupied by Mrs. Ralston, who Betty knew slightly. Mrs. Ralston wanted the girls and Aunt Kate to stay for lunch, but they told of their picnic plans. They wanted to inquire about Mr. Stone and Mr. Kennedy and they were all glad to learn that the two young men were held in the highest esteem and were given a great deal of credit for all their hard work in connection with the lake pageant. And to think they could be so unfeeling as to make Prince run away and cause all that trouble, observed Molly as they were again aboard the boat. Perhaps it was not they, or there may be some explanation of their conduct, suggested Betty. We must not judge too hastily. That's Betty Nielsen all over, said Amy. Eel Island proved to be an ideal picnic place, and there were one or two other parties on it when the girls arrived. They made the gem secure and struck off into the woods with their lunch baskets, Betty having removed a certain painted spark plug without which the motor could not be started. 
It was not likely that anyone would be able to duplicate it and make off with the craft in their absence, so they felt it safe to leave the boat unguarded. Pass the olives, Grace, my dear, requested Molly, when they were seated on a grassy knoll under a big oak tree. I have the crackers beside me. Ah, oh, now I'm happy, and she munched the appetising combination. Crackers and olives, murmured Betty. Our old school day feast. I haven't gotten over my love for them either. Let them circulate, Molly. The girls were making merry with quip and jest when Grace, hearing a crackling under a bush, looked back along the path that they had come. She started and exclaimed, Here comes those two young men, Mr Stone and Mr Kennedy. Don't notice them, begged Amy, who was not much given to making new acquaintances. Too late. They see us. They're coming right towards us, cried Grace in some confusion. End of chapter 13